Scarlet, say, do you want to say goodnight to Uncle Nick? Goodnight, Uncle Nick. Goodnight, Scarlet. He says goodnight. Okay. Okay. Sorry, uh, I might have some coffee brewing because I left it a bit late. Oh, is that what that noise is? Yeah, the... It sounds like scribbling. Yeah, go on if you're quiet. Sorry, I'm doing um, things in the house. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Um, I'm ready when you are. I'm, I'm, are you ready? Are you, are you ready? Yeah, I'm fine. Hello. Hello. So are you just are you just not doing the, the intro bit anymore? Yeah, no, I forgot. I got flustered, Nick. <laughs> <clears throat> you got flustered? Yeah. I thought I was the one holding everything up today. No, no, no. That's fine. Well, yeah, you were and that's, that's why I'm flustered, because obviously you're not working to my schedule. All right. There was... Um, I had an excellent moment at work last week where um, I one of my colleagues... I had the previous day I'd noticed on our shared calendar that she was uh, she was it looked like she was out on leave the following day and I said to her she was leaving the office oh are you out on leave tomorrow uh, and she said no in a in a sort of a that's a weird question sort of a way just immediately dismissive of what I said and I got flustered and I looked at the calendar again and I thought Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've misread it. And I said, "Oh, maybe, maybe I've misread it. It's, it's fine. Uh, sorry. Uh, you have a nice. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow." And blah blah blah. Um, you know, I shouldn't have really tried to do normal human greeting and goodbyeing. That was that was my first mistake. Um, and then the next day, she turned up to work, and our line manager said, "Oh, are you supposed to be here today?" And she said, "I, I think so." And about ten minutes of rigmarole later, it turned out she actually was supposed to be at something at her son's school. Um, a mindfulness, a mindfulness thing. And uh, and I said, um, I said, oh, oh yeah, okay. I, I did mention it. I think I did mention that to you yesterday. And she said, yeah, yeah. But then you said that it wasn't on the calendar, so I just I just decided it wasn't happening. And I was like. Well, I might have known it was my fucking fault. <laughs> well, what, always, Nick. I mean, certainly it's the rule I live my life by. You might be getting a little bit of fla- the flavour of my home this evening. Um, Nicola's just pulled one of the kitchen cabinets off the off the wall. It's all very all right. stressful. You're literally the only person I know who mm. calls bad recording situations <laughs> flavour. Yes, yeah, flavour. It's flavour. It's you're you're getting the uh, flavour of the room. I've uh, I've been hearing that for what is it eight years now? Something how like long that. Have we been, how if, long have we been friends? Well, it feels a lot longer than that, Nick. <laughs> I don't think it is, but it feels a lot longer than that. I I think that's I think you're trying to you're trying to have a dig at me, but but it works uh, as a dig at both of us. So uh, can you just um, listen, listen, and I'm going to be quiet for a second. And yeah. can you listen to the background over here and tell me if you can hear the boys' monitors? Okay. No, all I can hear is my wife very kindly making me a cup of coffee. Thank you very much, darling. I've got a cup of coffee now. Have you told her she is allowed to talk? Yeah, she did. Didn't you hear her a minute ago? 
Say bye bye, Nick. Bye. There you go. Bye. There you go. They're going now. It's bye. fine. Oh, cool. Okay. So, um, the serious business then of podcasting. She, sorry, she said happy oh. birthday to Max. Oh, okay. Thank you. He's in, he's in bed now. Yeah, and she's gone. So, both of those he were was, essentially wasted at this point. He was uh, he was very good. Good. That's all anyone reads. I mean, we've had a nice we've had a nice couple of days. I'm off all this week, not strictly oh, nice. because of his, not strictly because of his birthday, mainly because um, I had it's March and I had holiday I had to use up. Fair enough. So, but um, yes, yeah, so I'm off this week. So we had a nice day, uh, although uh, it, it was a day that ended with me feeling compelled to apologise to Noah. Okay. For um, it was. I mean. He's too young to really understand how passive-aggressive and, and uh, uh, borderline manipulative it was. Um, I felt compelled to apologise to him for being quite cranky with him today, but uh, but it was with the caveat that um, he was also being very difficult today. Sure. Well, you know, it must be difficult. So I did it's, say that to him. It's difficult for little kids, isn't it? You know, the yeah. bro- you know brothers having a day where all the attention is centred on him. Yeah, it's, it's kind of natural, isn't it? Well, I mean, I know that because yeah. I've I've got experience of it. Oh, but very annoying in the moment. I would have thought. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I imagine as a single child, as a single child, what's the word? An only child. Only child. As an, yeah. only, as an only child, you'd be able to relate more acutely to that. Whereas I just got conditioned into accepting it after a, a, a eighteen or nineteen years. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can. I can only ever possibly um, uh, imagine what it was like to have a brother or sister, only in the abstract. Would you, uh, I could. I could recount the the sad sister story, though, if you like. Well, I mean, you <laughs> you could, but I feel like you'd be. I, would you be trying to make me feel guilty? Yeah, yeah almost certainly. I um, and I also feel it'd be pouring too much shade upon uh, your son's second birthday. Give us a flavour of a, a day day out for the Pap Constantinus on a on a birthday. Well, paint, we paint went a picture, Nick. We uh, had breakfast and presents. No one wanted to open all the presents. Did you? Um, all he have wasn't presents? allowed to. Sorry, could you just qualify that? You said we had presents. Did you all have presents or? No, no. Max had Max had okay. presents. Good. Do I Let's... have to explain what what a birthday is? Well, I, I don't want to think in a binary fashion, Nick. You know, I know that most people, you know, the, the, the normative way to look at birthdays is to say that only the person whose birthday it is get a, gets a present. But many people in the United Kingdom and further afield have, um, have like alternative lifestyles, but they don't necessarily hold to those societal traditions. And I'm just trying to be inclusive. Such a thing as, as, as trying to be too woke, James. Well, I don't think you can be too woke, and I, I'm happy to wear that label. Uh, I am. I'm real woke. <laughs> well, you're trying. Yes. No, I think I concede that I'm trying. No, Max was the only one who. Um, Max is the only one who had presents. Um, but Noah. Top, that top three presents, Nick. Do you wanna, do you wanna go and do a list? Top three. Uh, top three presents. There was. He got a. He got a, a flop. The hey. uh, Bing character flop. I like that. That's probably my favourite thing. <laughs> he... Is that a sentence you could have contemplated saying six years ago? 
He got a, no. he got a flop. He got a Bing flop. And you know not exactly even, what you're talking about. Not even three years ago. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't have contemplated that. Yeah. Um, he got uh, two uh, uh, Inside Out Sumtums. Oh, uh, I like the Disney some some things. I think I might be. I think I might like them. Noah likes them. I'm mm. not sure if Max is that bothered about them, but um, I I needed to buy them, and because uh, yeah. I saw them in a shop, and so needed to to buy them. My um, so they my, became a present for Max because it was timely. Cool. My uh, my daughter bought me a C3PO uh, Sumsum, which I have on my desk at work. Oh, that's quite cool. Yeah. I want to get a giant. The only big one I want to get is I want if there's a Hulk one. I want to get a big Hulk. Surely the joy, joy of the Zum Zum is is it's how diminutive it is. I don't think I'd want an oversized Zum Zum. Well, I think uh, out of context, um, out of the context of if like you only had big ones, that'd be a bit much. Yeah. Because we got that's quite a few said, little Nick. ones. Yeah, that's no, what that she is. Said. That, that's that's what she said. All the things that that's what she said, she said. Oh, on this tattoo, what do you think they're doing now? Um, like, right now. Freaking each other? I, I don't know. Ooh, oh, that's a nice thought. Which which ones that's were what, they? That's what the Wait, were needs. Tattoo the Sisters? or they were the, um, they were the very young girls. I mean, admittedly, they won't be um, really young girls now. Wasn't no wait? Wasn't there a sexual component to what they did? Oh, it's wasn't there very a sexual component to their whole thing? That's just Russian, Nick. All right, okay. It's all frigging each other and rigging elections. Yeah, anything goes. Frigging over there. and rigging. Crazy guys. Hello, Mike. Mike's in the room. Hello, Mike. Uh, can Can you just clarify for Mike that uh, you did actually end the previous episode agreeing with me because he thought I was lying on Twitter? Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, like every episode of Two Grown Men is like a little case study in um, Stockholm Syndrome, isn't it? Yeah, no, exactly. So you said you agreed with me, but it's possible I just berated you into it and it was Uh anything for a quiet life. No, you're absolutely right. I think that's how Noah felt when I was telling him (laughs) Uh, when I was telling him that I was sorry I was so grumpy with him uh, uh, and if he promised to be a, a better behaved then I wouldn't be so grumpy when I was young I wish is I'd... this that William Shatner song <laughs> what Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds no when I was very young no that's not how it goes is it I told when my I'm... mother, what should I be? And then, and then it's a football song, which I won't recount to you now, because I think it's we're not that sort of podcast. We I did, a, fo- I did chips, a football podcast chips. one. Eh? What? Old McCain's, good old McCain's. Do you uh, know, he... I, watch, I watch the television so infrequently that uh, this weekend just gone, um, when Croft was on, the adverts were a genuine delight to me. I hadn't seen any of them. And it was it was nice to have a little yeah. quick ad catch up as I dip back out of the the world of advertising. My I, my life has become so binary, Nick. It's my you my keep life, using that word. Yeah, my life is either making the Titanic or uh, doing stuff for um, a persistent role play game that I'm helping give birth to with a friend of mine. Um, the uh, I think you might be uh, being a bit reductive about the act of giving birth. Yeah. Or not, no? Why, what did I say about that? Eh? Well, you, just, I... you just made it, made it sound like coming up with a persistent role-playing game is yeah. the same as giving birth to a child. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's we're creating it. We're we're giving it life. But cesarean um, section. I don't think it's uh, analogous to to like the actual act of giving birth. I think that's um, a bit flat that only a woman has the strength to perform. I don't think as a man, <laughs> I'd want for a minute to suggest that men possess the strength to birth a child, but men do possess the strength to give birth to a persistent role-play game for up to 300 <laughs> players, tickets available soon. That sounds very exciting in as much as something that, where the details are very skimpy and vague oh, uh, so far can God. be quite exciting. I'll tell you what, we'll do the whole show next week about it. I'll tell you all about it. You, I, only if it's an ad. I mean, is it going to be a sponsored episode? Yep. Right. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. Yep. What are the I'm, perks? Well, the perks are um, I'll let you come and be one of the guys that helps out during the day, if you like. I can't I can't say fairer than that. That is such a generous offer. Um, just to clear, uh, just to uh, mm. to clear, I don't want to I yeah. don't want to interrupt your amazing offer, yeah. James. But yeah. I have two things to say. The mm. first thing is uh, you, you mentioned that you did a, a football podcast once. I did. I did one of do, them. It was quite good, do, I thought. Does does recording one piece of audio count as doing a podcast? Well, yeah, it was a podcast. The product at the end of that process was a podcast. We and published it and everything. I had every intention of making more. <laughs> and then, also, the intention is what counts towards it. Well, I think to be fair, what really got in the way is I had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah, because um, I recorded it prior to having a, a, a nervous breakdown. And then I kind of I couldn't couldn't be bothered for a bit after that. And then by the time I hadn't been bothered, I sort of you know didn't work with the guys. I recorded it anymore, and you know we went our separate ways. So you know I think it's a beautiful thing. It's like you know Faulty Towers was only what twelve episodes. Yeah. Well, our our football podcast was only one, but it was a, a beautifully formed, beautifully formed thing. I think that means it's twelve times more worthwhile than all of Faulty Towers. I think that's exactly what I'm saying. By by the logic you're creating. By the logic spinning of Grayskull. Spinning gold from thin air. That's what I do though, isn't it? That's my thing. That's my shtick, mate. Yeah, and the other the other thing I wanted to say is I've been thinking a bit today, like watching people react to news about Trump coming through. Mm. And it, I guess it's the same with Brexit, but it seems like the Trump stuff is more prevalent. Um, I think maybe just our politics isn't as exciting. Yeah. Like, it's as horrifying... But it's uh, it's horrifying in a much less exciting way. That it's not like yeah. uh, we're we're down to one stupid, ridiculous thing we're expected to react to um, uh, uh, twice a week, uh, whereas uh, it's twice a day coming out of the US at the moment. It's true. Uh, but you know, the thing I was thinking. Sorry, you know. Sorry, what, go on. You know, it really take people's minds off the stresses of Brexit and Trump, don't you, at the moment? What? He's signing up to play the persistent role-play game Alchemy. Uh, details available very soon. Watch this space. Alchemy. So, um... So, <laughs> yeah. So every time I've, every time I've looked, at, uh, looked at one of these threads recently... You'll have to you have to tell me if I'm shouting. Um, I've been told recently that, that sometimes I shout too much. Uh, by by my son at, at, at bedtime. I'm not entirely sure, and all the time I've known you, I'm not sure I've heard you shout, Nick. Yeah. I, with you, I do it mostly on the inside. I mean, I've heard you get exacerbated many, many times. Exacerbated? Yeah. 
Exasperated, maybe. No, no, exacerbated. You know what you said. I'm sticking with it. (laughs) So I've been looking at a lot of what people have been saying about, uh, like, a lot of the reaction to Trump, and it's like, people will, Trump will post something, that will tweet something. The latest thing today was um, he tweeted a piece of video about the investigation that's going on and said, and his tweet said, and it was from the uh, POTUS account, his tweet actually said, uh, both the FBI and NSA have said that there was no Russian in- interference in the election. And apparently that's that's almost the opposite of that. They literally didn't say that at all. Um, and so people are reacting to it like some like the people who quote retweeted it saying this is literally not what they said. This is a complete lie from the POTUS account that I can get behind because it's just pointing out what has happened. There is no way Donald Trump doesn't know that what he just said on the Twitter account was a lie. He's not tweeting to us. You know, he's tweeting to the people who are just desperate to have him confirm their biases anyway. And most people don't really care. I think, I mean, I genuinely think that they don't care if um, Russia did in- intervene anyway, because all they really wanted was Trump in control. If you point out to them that all Bannon and Trump really want to do is take down America, I don't think any of them are really that fussed about that either. I have a theory. Oh, good. I I think he's a patsy. I think he's such a friggin' sideshow. He's so stupid. Okay, well, that's possible. I think think he's being set up to be impeached, Uh and then I think the real Satan, Mike Pence, will then assume control, and then Armageddon will shortly follow thereafter. (laughs) Well, I mean, okay, so that's a theory. It's a good one. Um, what was I thinking? That's the, th- that's the thing, right? It is, it is, in some ways, the only thing to cling on to with Trump is maybe he's going to get impeached. Maybe power will be stripped from him. But then you've got a frigging lunatic who thinks that being gay can be cured, um, ready to take over. I mean, at least Trump has made some effort in the past to appear relatively socially liberal in comparison to but i mean yeah that's that's a really good that is a really good that's a good theory uh it's good now what was i what was i getting at i was getting at something and then you started talking about uh uh pence and now i'm really confused is this is this the bit where you try and remember what it is you were trying to say, you berate me for having my say uh, as a just a, it's a um, sort of place filler while you're thinking about your point. No, 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 no. I'm trying really hard not to berate you for that because okay. last time, last yeah, time I pointed it out, I was you got f- really upset. I was having a funny day. That was the closest I've had to having a proper mental health episode on a on a on a podcast. It was quite quite incredible. I know. I know, and I knew yeah. that after the fact. I knew that. Um, mm. Unfortunately, from my perspective, I, I never know which one of the days is going to turn out to be one of those days. No, and I, fri- I can, frighteningly, nor do I. Nor do you. Okay. No. Um, you delivered that like Paul F. Tompkins, though, so it was almost like we were an entertainment oh, podcast for a second. You have never said anything as nice to me as that. I, I tell you, let's stop now, and we'll, <laughs> we'll go about our day. 
Thank but you. But no, okay, so, so yeah. my point was, uh, alongside, um, um, I mean, actually you derailing me about it with your pet theory, uh, speaks, speaks to it a little bit, yeah. which is the people who, the people who quote tweet when he does something like that, that's blatantly to try and distract people and is only playing to the people who already support him. Um, I, I get that because they're literally just pointing out, but then you get a whole bunch of, and they probably think they're winning because there's most of his mentions are people berating him for that for for tweeting a lie some of them are actually saying to him were you even watching the video you posted they didn't say that at all mm. and um and the point is that they're like i mean they're kind of they're literally tweeting at a brick wall because there's no way he's really going to read anything that's um that's that um sort of negative about him and and that direct you know he's got no way of answering the fact that he's lied but they're also missing the point because he isn't he doesn't really believe that there was no russian he doesn't really believe that that's what the nsa said or the fbi said or whatever he's literally just speaking to the people as i said before he's literally just speaking to the people who already agree with him and trying to argue on like whether whether he's mad or stupid or whatever, trying to tell him he's stupid for getting something so wrong, when he obviously fucking knows he got it mm. wrong, is a bit pointless. And uh, because the people who support him or believe uh, what uh, believe what they think it is he stands for, they believe in what they they, they uh, think uh, it is he stands for, um, will believe what they want regardless. It's like when Bernie San Bernie Sanders. Uh, came out in support of Clinton, but all of the people who were behind him, uh, not all of them, but loads of them, uh, still refused to listen. They even saw him as a traitor because they were so anti-Clinton by mm. that point. Um, and uh, and uh, and we all think we're immune to that. But um, Mike is uh, in the... <laughs> this is the wider point I was getting to. Mike is in the chat room, and after literally hearing you say, no, Nick wasn't lying... I did agree with him by the end of the episode. He said, I'm pretty sure you were lying. No, you definitely did. I definitely did agree. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Literally after you saying that. Yeah. Maybe we're both lying. Maybe we maybe. agreed. Maybe I've got something on you and I forced you to say that. Maybe we were a part of the Illuminati and we're trying to, we're trying to hide something. Maybe. Where um where in the um scale of global leaders who gave no fucks? So um you're looking at like, you know, Nero, Caligula, who had zero fucks to give Hitler, Pol Pot, absolutely no fucks given whatsoever. Who where is Pop Pop? Pop Pop? Pol Pot. Pop Pop. Uh Pop Where do you think where do you think Trump sits in the, the pantheon of the gives no fucks leader? I think he gives less fucks than almost to any anyone. Yeah. Like he was he was kind of born he was born into this really, wasn't he? So it's oh, not yeah. like cuz like Hitler at least played politics to start with, didn't he? Well, he kind of had to cuz he had yeah. fuck all. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you if you wanted, if you squinted, if you yeah. if you ignored all the other stuff, you could see um he see Hitler's story as the rise of a plucky outsider. <laughs> You with, say, with well, I, I'm glad you said that. You say what you like about Hitler, but he's a self-made man, wasn't he? He's you a know. striver. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. He would fit in very nicely in Theresa May's Brexit Britain. 
Something else that happened today, actually, in terms of politics, was um, somebody tweeted something about how uh, the Conservative government announced the... Have they announced that they're going to do Article 50 or something? Yeah, next Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but apparently they hadn't told the other governments that they're in, like, that they're really supposed to tell. So, oh, that's because they give no fucks. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't tell Scotland. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't tell the other guys. Would and you? in response, seriously though, would you? No, not if not if legally I could get away with it. No, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell Scotland. Um, and I like the Scottish, but I wouldn't tell them. But um, but this is see, I'm I'm not that. I don't know enough about the actual politics to um, I don't know enough about the actual politics to get into it. But what interests me is the social response to it, because I think that's what enables a lot of this stuff. And within two or three tweets of a guy uh, or a woman, I don't know, tweeting um, that they didn't they didn't actually tell Scotland or anyone else that they were going to do it, um, a couple of people, I think of them as useful idiots, I think that's the official name for them, actually, um, were saying... You're really hammering that keyboard. What are you typing? Um, I'm typing uh, words. All oh, right, okay. Um, uh, someone had actually uh, responded to that initial tweet by saying, "Well, did Nicola Sturgeon tell Theresa May before she called the the before she started talking about a Scottish independence referendum again?" And it's like that's the that seems to be the response that detractors have or supporters have now. It's not about the merits or the uh, morality or the, um, the, you know, the actual standing of what the person you're supporting is you, or does or whatever. I'll tell you what. Sorry, go on. No, that's it. That's it. It's like li literally that's it. It's mm. like, well, A, I don't think Nicola Sturgeon, um, Nicola Sturgeon's uh, Scottish independence stuff really is the same thing as Theresa May not telling her supposed uh, partners. In fact, there's an there's an argument that says that the British, the English government, not telling the other countries that they're going to do something like that is part of the reason why those other countries don't want to be part of the union as much anymore because they're not taken seriously by our government. But yeah. it's it's just it's just that people who support them like um, are so quick to to do that weird tip the tat thing i am um, i i don't i don't know if i'm i i'm gonna i don't feel too hung up on the fact that she didn't inform the assembly um and the scottish parliament because i suspect that constitutionally she wasn't obliged to parliament have passed legislation mm -hmm. enabling her to to uh, enact article 50 mm -hmm. letting the assembly and the scottish parliament know would have been a nicety which i think kind of proves your point that we yeah. don't even we don't even play at niceties. Made me laugh a little bit though that she accused um, Nicola Sturgeon of politics. You know, this is a woman less than a year ago who, through very clever positioning, managed to get herself the top job, top job in politics. So you know, it's a little bit um, rich her accusing Sturgeon of of playing politics when, of, of course, they're the Scottish National Party. They are a nationalist party um, whose <laughs> sole uh, raison d'être is is to um to gain independence for Scotland. So I, I, I tell you, know, you what is going to interest me because I am naturally weary of nationalists. 
mm-hmm. I um, find them a, a sickly bunch. And I'm very interested to see what Scottish nationalism will look like um, post-independence. Uh, I wonder I wonder if it's... Because I think it's a... They're kind of a beacon for positivity, certainly for, you know, progressive left-wing politics at the moment. I wonder... I don't... I wonder how long it retains that that identity once once independent independence is gained, which I think it inevitably will be in time. Well, again, I don't I don't really know enough. Um, I don't really know enough of the history or the details to to argue it. Really, Not God, but the it's, really, but it's like the difference between there's there's a um, a level of scale. The only thing I can think of is that idea. Um, and I, it's a, a rubbish thing to equate it to, but the um, the Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter thing, and yeah. the, the, the that that for Scotland to want independence from the Union mm. is not the same as it's Britain the toxicity, wanting independence from the, the EU. It's the toxicity because, of the desire and what motivates the desire isn't it where yeah, because where scotland Britain first won- and and the bnp and and ukip differ is is what they crave is a role for england on the world stage which harks back to an imperial time mm. whereas whereas the which is a horrible cause and whereas scotland is a noble cause they want independence for their for their country, I get the fundamental difference in terms of the the party at the moment. I'm just sort of speculating on whether it's possible to maintain um, such a strong sense of national fervor and mm-hmm. pride, um, whilst not uh, having it spill over into the detriment of others. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. Would you say the same about uh, countries like um, India and people? Again, I don't really know enough about it, but when they wanted independence, that would presumably have looked roughly the same, wouldn't it? Like they, well, yeah. To to our eye, well, no, it would look a lot more brutal because the 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 British um, uh, used, you know, steel to. Um, uh, to to um, stop the, uh, the 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 quest for independence, didn't they? Whereas, you know, we're forced quite rightly to use politics now. But I mean, it was done by musket and steel, wasn't it? In um, sure, I mean, in India, I, I, I mean, I mean, in terms of the people fighting for it, the tools they'd have to use uh-huh. might be different. But wouldn't the ideology like? Yeah, I the... tell you where it's a little bit icky as well is like where you, you also have partition partitioning happening in India and. Pakistan when the British mm. left um, and there was a lot of um, division then between Muslim and Hindu and Sikh sure. communities so actually that struggle for independence caused some quite um, sharp sectarian differences sure so I mean that's that's a very literal okay so that's a really I picked a bad example because no, my cause understanding is, of things there is no good example and that's what I'm saying about like the the the, the Indian cause um, for independence was an entirely noble aim and Gandhi of mm-hmm. course is quite rightly seen as a noble um, statesman but there was toxicity in the culture that created conditions where 
it was felt by those who probably shouldn't have been interfering as much as they were that you know division literally dividing the country up is the only way to to stop sectarian strife i think and that's do you think that sociology and politics aren't necessarily as linked as we always see them maybe like they are but do you not think that in that case the 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 assumption you're making and i understand why because there seems like it's difficult not to see some sort of causality there well, no, is I that mean, there was there was somehow toxicity caused by the situation but maybe the toxicity existed no, separate co- to no of course you see what that, i mean yeah, po- politics politics caused the the large events to happen and i guess mm. sociology is what happens underneath that isn't it mm. i was thinking the other day actually about how we frame history and how we were taught history that um because i've been thinking an awful lot about um like english toxic nationality and mm-hmm. and this this sort of um harking back to an age when um britain ruled much of the planet and it, uh, i don't know i i think as much as anything i think our, obviously it's our history that conditions us and how and how little we're taught when we were at school about what was happening in a country Mm-hmm. We were finding out what was happening to it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't know about people's struggles. Like I, I did, I we talk about um, the Indian Trade Minister on Channel Four a few weeks ago. Who we was, didn't. I think that's happened in between. Is that the the chap he, who was saying that we we've he, talked about it? I don't think we yeah, talked about it on the podcast. But, and he, he was essentially berating us for not teaching the true history of empire. In our schools, how you know, and how can we even start to embrace our place in the world when we don't understand what we've done to much of it? Um, and then a very barbed comment at the end about how they were, their economy was as big as ours now. Um, mm. Clearly, clearly, very shortly going to overtake it. And and it and it, I think I hate. He was weirdly I, magnanimous though, wasn't yeah, he? Yes. But I hate the day-to-day racism of mm. of Brexit. What I really fear for as a citizen of the United Kingdom is we are going to continue to fail to recognise the mistakes we've made in the past and make mm. amends for them. Can you imagine if the Germans, after the Second World War, had behaved in the way that we behaved towards empire? You know, no, Ger- I mean that the, they. Germany's, the... a, Germany's a country that's managed to reconcile its past and become a confident country and move on. Into you know what has become a a much brighter future for them, but I think because they they managed to reclaim a national identity, and maybe the reason that we've never um, managed to claim, uh, you know, they say the English don't really have an identity. Mm-hmm. I think I genuinely think this is because we cannot come to terms with what we've done and who we are now. We still hold on to a false idol of a past that only kind of happened. You know, and certainly yeah. didn't happen in the way that our, our, our history teachers would have us believe. We can't, we haven't nationally reconciled the fact that we did some bloody horrible things, and we need to. We're not the the great bulldog spirit nation we like to think. You know, it, it, we did some awful things before we bravely battled against the Nazis in the Second World War, and that is, to be fair, the only real noble thing we've done up to that point when you look at Most the of... way we conducted ourselves internationally first world war was a bunch of toffs having a scrap mm-hmm. and other wars we had was us basically sticking bayonets in black people 
you know? A lot of the noble things we've done since we only did because the situation was so desperate in this country mm. following World War Two anyway, wasn't it? So yeah. a lot of um a lot of the inviting of immigrants over um was because we needed people over. <laughs> we oh, needed Christ, more yeah. people from the colonies. And, um, from the colonies, don't the, forget me. Yeah, and I and I don't I don't really know the um I don't I, really know the ins and outs of the welfare state, and, but I think that, that was probably sorry, sorry. Another another point there. Yeah, we invited people over from the ex colonies as they were becoming, yeah. um, without ever acknowledging what they did in the Second World War. So this war, so nobly fought by the British. You'd think, with very little help, the Americans turned up, and that was it. Mm. And even now, we don't really acknowledge the contribution that was made in that effort um, from from those that were representing the colonies, because they're still, I think, in our in our heads, they're inferior to the British human being. It's we, we've got to snap out of it. Did you um, also see? I think I think this fell between episodes as well. I don't think we talked about it. The um, I only saw it because it went around. I didn't read the article, but there was a Daily Mail article about that show, um, inspired by that show SSGB, which is basically the Man in the High Castle, but set in Britain. Well, it's a man in a shit castle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. About um, a, a man in Windsor Castle. A man in, Windsor, man Castle. in Windsor Castle. Um, but it, it's about uh, uh, the what what would have happened um, in this country had the um, uh, Nazis won, and the mail did. Uh, and uh, I think it's a period piece, isn't it? It's set like in the sixties or or earlier, whenever. Um, and uh, the mail did a feature saying, "Well, this this program imagines what that would be like, but what would it be like today if the Germans had won?" Um, which, I mean, obviously the mail has an agenda, <laughs> always. I can't quite unpick what their agenda was with that one because they're not a big fan of Germany still, even if they're a big fan of fascism. So it, it's sort of, it, it's sort of weird. But anyway, the the pertinent part is the the, uh, the bit that was being shared wasn't the um, the actual post. That was the headline and the little subheading bit. Uh, what was being shared was all of the comments. Mm. And um, well, not all of the comments. I'm sure there were some sensible ones, but the the one that really struck me because they were all a flavour of this, but some of them weren't quite as racist. Um, was um, well, it probably wouldn't be so bad. Uh, German German is at least easier on the tongue than Urdu, because apparently we're all being forced to talk Urdu. <laughs> this, yeah, this is apparently a thing that someone who actually lives in this country. Uh, uh, thinks. Yeah, and it was it was all stuff like that, and I found that really weird because, like, but this... it, it, it did it did it did rather feel like we were we were clinging to the German uh, Germany is the enemy thing when I was mm. growing up because it seemed quite remote even at that point, but it was definitely still the case throughout our childhoods that like. We understood that the worst thing that could have happened was we could have lost World War Two. Yeah, we we knew that we were taught that. Yeah. Um, the fact that the fact that now we've and we were, I'm not saying we weren't racist back then. I'm sure we were just as racist, but I don't think we were as scared of brown people as we seem to be now. 
Because we felt superior to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's very. it was very weird reading through this. I was like, so what you're literally saying is you'd rather we'd... It, you would prefer that we had been subjugated by another... Suddenly, the whole thing about voting Brexit so that we could have our sovereignty, it becomes clear exactly how completely bullshit that oh, was. History will In the same that way that Make America Great bogus. Again is. Sorry? There is. There is no doubt in my mind that history will judge that as a completely bogus reason. I, yeah. I suspect history, um, as long as the Nazis don't completely take over, history will see that for what it was. Yeah, it's... Um... And, it's, it's, weird. and other... it'll be, it's part of the story of the death of empire, is what it is. It's the death knell of a, in inverted commas, great civilization, you know? Yeah. The other thing that kind of boils my piss a little bit is, and it's worse coming from Theresa May in some ways than it is from uh, Trump and all of his acolytes. Well, she's a woman um, in it, so it would be worse. No, no, no. Well, no, <laughs> because she because oh. she's actually a career politi- politician and she's never made... Like, she didn't... She didn't get where she is today by telling people, mm. I am not a politician, I am not like those other politicians, oh, no, no, I am no, a yeah, businessman. No, absolutely she is. Uh, uh, sorry, go so, on. So... But it is something that has come out of his, out of Trump's mouth and a lot of their mouths as well. The idea that a politician can say, can criticize another, another politician for playing politics. Yeah, I know, it's brilliant, isn't it? And civilians fucking lap it up. Mm. Just, I, I read something like that and it makes me angry, but then it makes me really confused. But you were just on the show, it's literally your job! It's literally what they're doing. It's all politics. Like, yeah. it's not, yeah. it's not me going, oh, people just don't understand that Brexit is politics. Pulling out the only reasons to pull out of the EU are political. It's a political entity. What do it, people think? What do people think all of this stuff is? It's not. Like, it's not really going to impact on um, how the person you talk to in the supermarket is told to do their job. Not really. You know, the, mm. the, the, all the people you work with, it's not It's not going to... Well, it is going impact, to impact us on a sociological level. Obviously it is. But not... That's not the point of it. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's creeped into the, it's creeped into the, the psychology of the country so much that I know the other day I was in my boss's office... And uh, he was bellowing at me, and he said, uh, "You're just uh, project managing and implementing new electronic systems." <laughs> and and I thought to myself, I don't know if he's bollocking me or whether he's happy. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, how's your how's your fortnight been? Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the preamble became the the show there. Yeah, and we've got to go in a minute, so do we have a hard out. Um, Right. My my two weeks have been great, productive. I've uh, half made the Titanic, um, my my birthday present model I got, which I'm enjoying a great deal. There's lots of fiddly mm. shit to do, and it's taking forever, and I couldn't be happier. Um, do I'm... you have to smash it in half once it's done? No, 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 no. Scarlett's going to have it in her room. Um, is she going to have to smash it? Yeah, up yeah, in no, half? totally. I mean, I made it. I made it. The process of making it is for me. Uh-huh. The finished article is for her. Um, right, I uh, I've been working a lot on the persistent role play game Alchemy with my friend Ed, which is taking up an awful lot of my time. But is a very enjoyable process. I'm very much looking forward to more information. I think we're going to release the first of our 
videos about it next week. Uh-huh. So, and I think tickets are going to be available to buy very, very shortly thereafter. And we're getting down to the nitty gritty of actually doing timetables for the day and and working out staff numbers and stuff like that. So that's it's exciting, but it's getting very serious at this point. Um, You've got a uh, Hello Newman, which I finally sorted out the stat, stats for. Yeah, which gets better. I think I was listening to episode three, and I think we get Steve and I get better as they go on. I think um, we've recorded. We're going to do eight and nine tomorrow, so we've got six and seven in the bank as well as four and five. But six and seven, I think, were better than the first five we did. So I, hmm. I think we're kind of dialing it in quite slowly. So um, it's all quite low key at the moment. But then I don't think Seinfeld really starts until the beginning of season three. So um, oh. Steve doesn't really know that. I'm just sort of feel like I'm kicking my heels with these episodes because they're they're. All, they're good episodes of situation comedy, but it's not mm-hmm. Seinfeld. It's not hysterical. Whereas from season three onwards, I find Seinfeld just kills me. I love it so much. Waller, Waller it's on really, the subject it's, of it's, sorry, it's been it's really rewarding going through it and um, watching it. Kind of Steve's watching it afresh, so it's quite nice. Uh, while we're on the subject of Hello Newman, that is a uh, it's going out under um, the other 10% website. Yes. Uh, might as well do the admin now. This it's is another 10% men. joint, Nick. Eh? It's another 10% joint. No. No, it's another 10% joint. That's what it is. It's a joint. No, we're not Spike Lee or Kevin it's a, Smith. It's, it's a not. joint. It's a joint. No. No. It's a, it's a joint. Right, okay. Joint. He's um, just fucking obsessed with me. It's ridiculous. The, uh, the, I love uh, joints. What can I say? This is Two Grown Men. It's a podcast about parenting and being feckless men and apparently just maladjusted conversations about politics. Um, <laughs> you can find all of the previous episodes at twogrownmen.net uh, and uh, at your podcatcher of choice. Please do rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. We are on Twitter at 2GMPod. Uh, James is on Twitter at... Oh, yeah, James Mom. I'm not on there very much anymore. You should follow me on Facebook. Yeah, uh, and he's on Facebook as well, uh, James Gilly. Uh, mm. There is a page on Facebook. It's uh, Two Grown Men as well. I'm still thinking of making it into a group. I Game don't really understand the, all that. Game of Alchemy also has a uh, okay, fa- good. Facebook page. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so, and I'm on. I'm also on uh, on Twitter at Nick Site. Uh, it is Patreon supported. This and we have issues. Uh, our Patreon supported. Uh, uh, the address for that is patreon.com forward slash TOTP. There, that's, uh, that's done. So, um, I, uh, the, you mentioned, uh, Frasier. Not Frasier, you didn't mention Frasier, you mentioned Seinfeld. When are you going to do your Frasier podcast? Kevin Smith has already done that. Has he? Yeah. Um, I have got the. Is that um, what gave you the idea for Seinfeld? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I have got, uh, the Cheers box set. So, I mean, but Cheers gets, like, really seriously batshit weird and rubbish. As you mentioned on episode two of Hello Newman. Did I? Yeah, see, I'm listening. Yeah, of course I did. I'm not going to watch Seinfeld, but I am listening to the podcast. Um, What were you going to say? I don't know, no, the moment's passed. Right, okay, good. I need to hurry up, I need to take a pill. Okay, okay, good. Uh, at the uh, weekend, I was um, Amy was out with her mum, 
and her dad was here and Amy was worrying uh, about uh, me and him bonding even though we've known each other for years and get on really well because yeah. we kind of have a similar sense of humour and stuff. Um, we ended up watching a film called Bastille Day which uh, is fun. Uh, it's interesting because it's set in France. It's basically diehard but with corrupt police and a slight misunderstanding of what hashtags and uh, and protest are all about. Uh, but um, it's it's quite topical. But what was weird about it is there are four American characters in it. Uh, the three of them are related to the CIA, and one of them is just an American in um, in France. All of them played by English actors. Brilliant. Every single one of them, or British yeah. actors at least, which was very very weird. But uh, my father-in-law said that he and his wife had accidentally caught an episode of a sitcom over Christmas. It was a Christmas episode and we're surprised to find they quite enjoyed it. So he suggested we find it on iPlayer and watch a couple of episodes. <laughs> um, so I oh. watched my first two episodes of Mrs. Brown's Boys <laughs> this weekend. Oh, mate, I've never seen it. It looks awful. Is it awful? Well, it's kind of... it. It's... In a lot of ways, it's really, really... I mean, it is very old-fashioned, and it is very broad, and it is appealing to, like, everything that's wrong with bread is also wrong with that. Like, it's difficult to imagine that the um, class that is being represented it is being represented particularly well. Like, it's about this Scottish matriarch and her family. You it's mean, a really similar you mean the show? Bread. I actually thought you were drawing an analogy to um edible bread no 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 um what i didn't what i didn't know about it is um and and there's a there's a uh it's it's her and she's played by a man um but like basically very mrs doubt doubtfire-esque oh that's it's very not, binary nick yeah it's it's very um it's that that part of it is a throwback to an earlier era in comedy I think in British comedy because it's not like it's, it's it not seems like the, very uh, Les Dawson to me. Yeah, yeah, it's not like the father in Basket. It's not like the mother, sorry, in Baskets, where that's played weirdly straight. This is um, this is very sort of vaudevillian, kinda. Um, and one of her sons is gay, and it's weird. All of her, all of her children are really, really old <laughs> compared to I think compared to the actor who plays um, Mrs. Brown. The um, and uh, yeah, so the thing that really struck me, there's maybe some stuff, uh, some stuff about gender roles in there that's a little bit dated, but the the main thing that I that I really got uncomfortable about was how uh, stereotypical the uh, the two gay characters, her son and um, his partner, are, because they are really, really sort of melodramatic and and quite flouncy and and stuff like that but it's weird because the second episode i saw was actually a uh them getting married her uh, her son getting married to his uh his boyfriend and um in the middle of this incredibly broad show the other thing i didn't know about it is it's filmed before uh, it's filmed in front of a studio audience the way loads of these sitcoms are cheers for example yeah but i didn't realize how format busting it is it's really um 
del- like really obviously filmed in front of a studio audience. The first episode I saw starts with the uh, camera over the audience and zooming in to the set. And I've I've been to a couple of sitcoms being recorded. Which one? And it is weird. Uh, Black Books, I think, and I can't remember what the other one was. It might have been another Black Books, <laughs> to be honest. Mm. Or or that recording might have just been really fucking long, and hence <laughs> I've got confused. <laughs> um, and so it's weird because the sets look really big when you're um, the sets look really big when you're watching them, but actually, like because they've normally got a ceiling and everything, they're actually quite low compared to a normal theatre. So they're shot in a theatre, they're filmed in a theatre, but the sets are all really low so everything looks really weird and and compressed into these two or three rooms and it's almost exactly the the same setup as bread like the living room the kitchen the front door it's it's all really really similar um but he will literally there will literally be bits where uh something will be set up to catch one of the actors by surprise that's outside of the actual story that's happening. Sure. And there are bits where they'll fluff their lines, but they clearly liked it so much that they leave in the fluffing or he'll go into a room and he'll have a conversation with one of the characters and it will go wrong or they'll corpse completely. And he'll say, can you just fuck off out the door again? Cause I didn't realize they swore so much in it either. Oh. Uh, can you just fuck off out the door again? Uh, and, and they'll do the whole thing again, but they'll leave it all in. It's very, very strange. But in the middle of, in the middle of this re- weird show, this really, really weird show, um, because uh, because she's like this matriarch and the, the the clergy are in and out of the house, she's obviously got a relationship with her her priest, and she's told that um, she's told that her son her son's uh, marriage won't be recognised by the church, and there are just a couple of speeches in the middle of this show which like are not progressive outside of the context of this particular show that has this particular audience you know it's when you when you bear in mind um how uh like we probably wouldn't watch anything that we thought was wasn't progressive do you see what i mean it's we don't mm. i i imagine if we're watching if we're watching something that's really playing to old-fashioned stereotypes it's something from 30 years ago that that we grew yeah. up with or something like that um this just in couple, oh sorry go there are a couple of there are a couple of speeches in the middle of this show that were just actually like um really confrontational of the of homophobic societal positions and and mm-hmm. stuff like that there were there are a couple of other sort of slightly uh in the middle of this thing that plays so much of stereo with outdated stereotypes um where there are really biting comments about sociological mores and yeah. and judging people for their se- for not just their sexuality because there's a there's a storyline with swingers in as well that's weirdly sort of a bit unjudgmental and stuff like that it's it's very odd because i think it's got quite a mainstream audience mm-hmm. but there's a there's a scene uh, there are a couple of conversations in that episode where she's literally just saying to these priests it's fucking ridiculous you can't mandate love and stuff like that and mm. and it's not the venue i would have expected to see it no, because they normally hew very safe those sorts of shows. Do you know what I mean? I think that is pretty safe. Well, maybe, yeah. Just you know, you and I haven't watched a sitcom like that for twenty years. 
That's what they're yeah, like now. Possible. Oh, okay. Mike is actually saying something in the in the chat room, which is probably worth bearing in mind uh, before you get your hard out. Well, um, no, we're we're well past it, so I'm getting quite antsy. Are you how antsy? You're pretty antsy. <laughs> that was delivery. You delivered then, like a professional entertainer yeah, again. Thank you. Um, but he said that he doesn't actually mind overly, and I wondered about this actually. Um, he doesn't actually mind overly camp gay characters on TV. I remember when you could only be a gay character on TV if you were straight acting. Um, for the Stonewall film, they specifically wanted the protagonist to be straight acting so that the audience could relate to, you know, human rights. Uh, after RuPaul's Drag Race, he feels like characters can always be a bit gayer. Yeah, um, well, but that is, you know, just one person's. Um, opinion and you know we need to ask ourselves is Mike as woke as what I am and you know so... <laughs> well he's definitely he's definitely gayer yeah but is so, he more woke you know does he have any right to have more of an opinion about this than well, you well I'm you know I'm pretty woke <laughs> so you're not very you know, woke I mean you know I, I I like to listen to the opinions of other people <laughs> and then uh, and then sort of think myself well yeah but are they as liberal as I am uh, Mike's not actually sure he is gayer than you, James. No, I don't know. Oh, you should. I'd tell you that. I think the the current beard configuration I've got. I think I'm. I think I might have nailed it. To be honest with you, I, I think I could be a big papa bear. Um, the other thing he says, which I definitely think is pertinent, is uh, he says he feels like shows that actually show the honesty of homophobic characters, um, like Homer in an old Simpsons episode, actually do more justice to gay people than everyone being happy, jolly, and inclusive. And I. I, I actually agree with that. Um, the I think where my discomfort came with from with watching Mrs. Brown's Boys initially is I I didn't know anything about this show except that it it's very mainstream and very broad. And until you watch something a little bit, it's hard to know whether it's pointing, whether it's exposing the honesty of homophobic characters. Or if you're actually supposed to laugh with them rather than at them. Like Homer Simpson, you're obviously supposed to laugh at him most of the time. Um, if Peter Griffin says something homophobic, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, my relationship with Family Guy suggests I, I, I wouldn't know if if he's supposed to be the hero or not in that particular situation. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So w w when I see a camp, ca I'm always doing that calculation in my head. Is this character camp because... Um, is this character camp because the showrunners literally don't know how to do a gay character who isn't camp or or are they or is it just an honest representation of because we know camp people you know um, so I don't know I've had some camp coffee have you had some camp coffee yeah it's a, it's a calculation it was always. terrible there, I did a little um I did a little joke there. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Uh, you might need your medication. Uh modern <laughs> I, modern I really do. Is... You keep saying that and I really do need to go and then you start talking about something else. Well I find it really confusing because sometimes you really need your medication and other times. No, I have to things. take it every single night and if I take it later than nine o'clock I tend to fuck my next day up. Oh, okay. Well mm. I wouldn't want you to fuck your next day up. Well, no, it's Tuesday. I hate Tuesdays. Tuesdays, I find the most depressing day of the week. God, 
What is it with you? You're such a fucking hipster. Why can't you hate Monday like everybody else? Oh, yeah, but I used to like Mondays, but then everyone else got into it, so I, I decided that Tuesdays were much less cool, man. Tell me why you don't like Tuesdays. I don't know. I just want to do something or other the whole day down. <laughs> I don't something, know what he something says Something eating giant yeah. cat. I think, I think with that song, if I don't know exactly what it is he wants to tear the whole day down by now, eh, there's no point learning it, is there? I, I've, I've coped for 42 years. I will, am I 40, I'm 42 now, aren't I? Am I 42? I'm 42 now. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, you had a birthday, didn't you? Yeah, I got really hung up on that. I couldn't remember if I was 42. You definitely am. It's confusing. Uh, if you're 42, then I'm definitely 43. Fucking hell. But that's how I, that's how I measure it. Um, I realised the other day, it's uh, he wants to shoot the whole day down, by the way. Oh, um, fucking hell. I uh, realised the other day that despite having a really clear opinion on Ed Sheeran that mm. could then be shaken to its core by seeing him speaking mm. to people about how he overcame a stutter and stuff, and now I yeah. think I like him. I, um, I neither like him nor dislike him. His music doesn't engage me, but I'm 42 years old. And see, I, I don't know enough about him to not like him, you know. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard one of his songs. What does? What sort of music does he do? I think it's guitar music. I think it's acoustic guitar music. I think he's like David Gray. Oh, oh, I see. But you only really need one David Gray, don't you? And we've a, had about seventeen now. Well, to be fair, I mean, you could probably say, you know, if that was the case, maybe we could have just stuck at Bob Dylan. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he was ripping people have. off as well, wasn't he? Hey, He was probably ripping stuff off from, like, black people. Oh, I'm sure he had things that influenced him. I don't think he emerged from the womb as a fully formed artist. He was, <laughs> he was, probably, he was probably influenced by things that he heard and saw. Yeah. You don't think Bob Dylan came out of, uh, came out of his uh, Mrs. Dylan's vagina? Um, oh, that's normative. They might, she might not yeah. have been married. I think I've ripped your vagina. He would have said as he came out, just like a, a little girl. It's all right, I'm newborn. I can say that. <laughs> on that, on that impersonation. Um, thank you to Mike for joining wow. us in the chat room. Uh, it's it's always uh, engaging and nice. Yeah. I like Mike. Wow. I like Mike. Uh, we and, should uh, we should now look. There's the first bit of mar- There's the first bit of two grown men merch. Is <laughs> we should we should make I like Ike pins, but uh, um, uh, just a I like Mike coming uh, soon. I like, I like you too, James. Uh, thank you for the podcasting. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it been all. fun. Thank you for listening, uh, listener, and thank you for listening, Mike. Yes, and uh, and uh, you won't listen back to it though, will you, James? I've got so much on, mate, at the moment. You wouldn't yeah, be, yeah, all right, mate, fine, fucking on. fine. No, it's fine. You already took a punt on Steve not listening back to it by saying stuff that you don't want him to know in this episode. Is that right? Yeah, you said, oh, Steve doesn't know this, but I'm just phoning it in or something. Oh, but, right, yeah. Well, to be fair, I was being tongue-in-cheek. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, right. I really care. I, I love the subject. I care about the podcast. I care about all the podcasts I do. It really shows on all of them. <laughs> this was fun, though. I think this was a good one. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll hear back, won't we? Well, to be fair, that's always been my benchmark for success, Nick, 
is I only wanted to do podcasts because I thought it'd be fun. So <laughs> if I've had a fun experience, then I think I've probably met my expectations. We are literally the only people in podcasting who are not being paid by Casper mattresses. Actually, well, maybe Geek, maybe Geek Syndicate and Stacey, I don't think they are yet. I don't know, because um, there was a box outside about the size of a mini fridge when I got home. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> I think we need a new mattress as well. Oh, well, so do we. You've been chasing after that alchemy money. Yeah, well. But that's like, if you're not, <laughs> you're the best placed person to make that happen, probably. And so if you can't make Alchemy sponsorship happen, it's just not going to happen, is it? Follow Game of Alchemy on Facebook at Game of Alchemy. Uh, stay <laughs> stay tuned to that for exciting details coming up next week. I'm no good at this shit, am I? You're actually too good at it. Uh, <laughs> bye-bye, listener. Bye-bye. <laughs>